We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you. Or maybe you're commuting to work. We are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. Mic check. Mic check. check. One, two. We're already recording. Amazing. <laughs> deleting that part. You're welcome. <laughs> Didn't even sound real. <laughs> there, that's better. Do you want to give Sherry an introduction? Yes, I do. Sherry is my love. She's my friend. And we are here today at her yoga studio and in her gym. I was at uh, Sherry's fourth birth, and she's now pregnant with her fifth. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about her fourth birth. And this was her birth after having three girls who are teenagers now. Mm-hmm. What are their birth years? So Hannah was born in 2002, so she'll be um, 19 in October. Maya was born in 2005, so she'll be 16 in April. And Olivia was born in 2008, so she'll be 13 in June. So do they think that we should not have side parts anymore and also not wear skinny <laughs> jeans? I don't know. My kid steal like Maya steals my clothes. Oh, so okay. I think I'm good. Yeah. That's my that's good. my barometer yeah. like where okay. I'm at. Okay. Although sometimes when I use their lingo, they're like, Mom, not allowed. What is no. a word that they would maybe roll their eyes at? Lit. Oh. They don't, they don't like it when I say lit. I feel like so I usually lit. say lit ironically. Oh, like I do too, yeah. but they think that I'm trying like to Like, I don't actually cool. think it's lit. I'm yeah. just like, oh, it's lit. Like, <laughs> I know I'm not cool. So your third daughter was 10 when Huds came along in 2019? My youngest, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And now in 2021, mm-hmm. yeah. introducing number five. Yeah. Do you know what you're having? No. Are you going to find out? No. We're having a baby. We're having a baby. <laughs> and just one baby. I made sure that ultrasound it's tech, I was too. like, can you just You're like root around? A hutch. Yeah, and make sure that there's only one in there. I'm like, because I think it's just, there's something that happens as women age that their ovaries just start like dealing the eggs out. Like, this is our last chance, guys. Yeah, like, have all the babies. Yeah, so Imagine I decided to have a fourth, I'd have a fourth and a fifth. We well, never not. get any work done. No. One's good for business. Two is a <laughs> career ruiner for all of us. <laughs> let's not do that. Oh, man. Okay, so let's dive right in. Um, tell us when, how many weeks were you when you went into labor? So that's a bit, there's a bit of a story there because I was actually 36 and 6, but the notes that my midwife had said that I was 36 and two because we had scheduled our baby moon and our midwife wanted to change our dates, like push our dates up a little bit, but we asked her not to because we had our travel booked and our insurance wouldn't cover us if, cause I would have been 36 weeks while we were traveling. So we thought like, if we have a baby while we're away, our insurance won't cover us. Just don't push the dates until we get back. And then when you get back, push them and we'll, well, um, she came for the home visit forgot to change the dates and then I went at labor the next weekend. That's right. So, so I remember like, you were scared that you might not be able to have a home birth. Yeah. So and the 
other part of that story is when we called the pager number for the midwife, our midwife wasn't on call that weekend. Right. Oh, so right. it was our second, like our backup. Yeah. And she was like, nope, I don't see that you're 36 and 6. I see that you're 36 and 2 and you have to go to the hospital. Right. So for context here, you need to be 37 weeks to have a home birth here mm-hmm. in Ontario. Yeah. So this was kind of the discussion at the time to say, are you still eligible? Yeah. So I was freaking out a little bit because I did not want to go to the hospital. It was not a part of our plan. And you guys were all at the Blushing Babes Society brunch. Yes, yes we were. were all together. And you we were like, were. it's fine. Yeah. Not in it's, labor. And don't like, worry, Sarah. It's fine. <laughs> guys, I just had a bath and my plug is in the bottom of the tub. And you're <laughs> like, drain plug? Like, no, 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 no. Like, mucus plug. <laughs> and I think at that point, you guys were all like, oh, no. Oh, shoot. <laughs> It was the TikTok, like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. So um, I begged the midwife to just look at the notes, call our primary. Because I said, like, I'm not trying to pull a fast one. Like, I am 36 and 6. Please call Maggie. Please, like, sort this out. And so she took about an hour. But in that time, it was like things were really kicking up. Like, it was, you know, and I want to say it was maybe, like, two o'clock in the afternoon and I had started labor like kind of on and off two days before so it wasn't like it kind of went from like okay maybe it's just Braxton Braxton Hicks to like now day three going like oh this is not stopping going away yeah so um yeah so she finally called me back an hour later and said yes I see you're 36 and 6 I have no problem attending a home birth do you want me to come out and check you and I think I just kind of wanted to know where I was at because it had been a few days Mm -hmm. And baby number four, I just kind of wanted to see like where things were at. So, can you give us a brief overview of of what your births looked like for one, two, and three? Yeah. Just because I know this was a big shift for you. Like you weren't home births for the first three. So, mm-hmm. tell us how you got there. I kind of had like the checks mix of births. So Hannah was, and I mean I was twenty three when I had Hannah. Wow. So like, you don't know anything when you're that mm-hmm. age, and I don't think like I was immersed in a world of like doulas and midwives and births and things so I just had like family doctor care throughout my pregnancy um didn't really know that I was in labor I was like think I was just expecting like the tv mm-hmm. sort of like oh my water broke my water now we're going to the hospital uh, and so I had what felt like period cramps all day with Hannah I'm like this it's gotta be bigger than this like I thought my water broke but it turns out I just like peed the bed <laughs> <laughs> Sniff test. <laughs> so um, I waited a really, really long time and then finally called the hospital. And like the nurse on the phone was like, what are you doing? Like, get in here. <laughs> and so I think I arrived at the hospital like seven centimeters. Wow. Which was more than, like, an hour. Perfect. <laughs> you had wow. a beautiful first birth. Yeah, like Amazing. no epidural. And so, 23-year-olds. Right? And I think lucky like, buggers. having that experience with Hannah... I kind of let that color my experience with Maya, which was a completely different pregnancy. Oh. And I ended up having a C-section with Maya. Interesting. Which, this is not common mm-hmm. for what we see. No. Yeah. I was not prepared for that. Like, yeah. Like, emotionally, mentally, like two-year-old at home. Hannah was, she had a lot of problems with like asthma when she was mm-hmm. that age. So like, she's quite sick. So like mm-hmm. having a C-section and a newborn and a sick toddler, yeah. it was like, I don't, I'm not prepared for this. Did you labor and then have an emergency cesarean or no, did you have so a schedule? No, I went in for my weekly appointment and they um, they checked me, which even this, I'm like, why, why are we doing like badge checks? 
weekly appointments. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that? Because mm-hmm. everybody Even likes to get fingered weekly. <laughs> when you're eight months, nine months yeah. pregnant. So um, they checked me, and they could feel something between her head and the sack. Mm-hmm. And they thought that maybe it was cord. Mm-hmm. And so they said, like, you're actually having some contractions. Like, they put the monitor on me, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, maybe that's because five people just fisted mm-hmm. me in the last mm-hmm. Sorry, are, what are we, how are we for language on this? Well, we'll, 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 we'll just put the explicit on it. Okay. Laura puts an explicit on it every week. <laughs> Sometimes I force Sarah into doing it when she says things that aren't swear words and I just tell her they are. Yeah. So I thought that I was just feeling kind of crampy because, like, there's so many appendages down there. Um, but, yeah, I was going into labor. So then they kind of, like, put the fear on me a little bit that, like, if you go into labor and your baby's head descends and it's cord, you could be looking at cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and I was like oh wow okay so well can we do like I had enough wherewithal to like ask for some more tests like can we do an ultrasound can we kind of see what's going on they're like the tech's gone home for the day I'm like we'll call them yeah like I don't want to have a c-section and I remember the nurse said to me what are you so afraid of women have c-sections uh. every day and I was like ah and I was by myself because mm-hmm. Rob was at home with Hannah like no labor support person, mm-hmm. no doula, no midwife, no, just like me trying to advocate for myself when the doctors are telling me that, you know, my baby's at risk and what do you have to be afraid of? Mm. So they did an ultrasound and they couldn't say that it wasn't cord. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of like, they got me into the OR and we did a C-section. It was her arm. She was compound mm-hmm. presentation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she had her arm wrapped around her head. Which, I mean, I don't really think that I would have wanted to deliver that anyway. Like I've seen it happen. Yeah. It yeah. makes for some hilarious photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had, like, a little scar above her... Like, not a scar, but, like, a bruise... Imprint? Yeah. ...above her eye for a really right. long time afterwards. So she was a C-section. And then um, I didn't feel like the circumstance of her birth made it such that I would need to have a C-section again. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I really advocated for myself to have a VBAC with Olivia. Which meant that um, living in Strathroyd, I had to go to St. Joe's for care because at that time we weren't doing any like mm-hmm. complicated births at um, the hospital in Strathroyd. So I had a different OBGYN. I had Dr. DiCecco. I had some experiences with Dr. DiCecco since then that I wouldn't recommend him to a lot of women, but he was great for my birth with Olivia. He was like supportive and supportive of the back, you know. And I had back labor with Olivia, mm. fairly short, a couple of hours. Same idea though, like waited a really long time to go to the hospital and then she was born within a couple of hours and we were home by nine o'clock the next day. Just like, nice. but hospital births, all three were hospital births. So I just knew that I wanted to do it a little bit differently with Hudson. And I think like I had to convince Bill to have the home birth. And I think it was a combination of between like doing the prenatal classes with you and then having a good conversation with the midwife that made him feel like a home birth was safe. Like mm-hmm. I think when the midwife said to him, we have all of the resources that a level one hospital has. So we'll bring, you know, all of the equipment that Strathroy Hospital would have. And I think when we when we had that conversation, he felt much more safe and he is like the biggest advocate for home birth like it's so funny to hear bill talk about it with family members that are like 
is it weird? He's like, no, it's not. It's how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dads do full 180. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. Really they go from did. saying like, so are we in the 1800s? We have hospitals for a reason. What, are we going to birth like an animal now? Mm-hmm. And then they go 180 and they're just like, how great is this that I get to be in my own home? We get yeah. to stay here. And the dads get to be such part of the process. Huge, yeah. My husband was listening to the podcast we just did with Britt and Zach and he was like, wow, you guys are in a really emotional field and you get to include the dad mm-hmm. in the process where he doesn't feel like he gets sidelined, mm-hmm. which is totally it, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's what Bill really liked about it. And conversely, I think that's what he's really struggling with with this pregnancy. Oh, interesting. He hasn't, that? Well, because he hasn't been able to come to any sure. appointments and you know, feeling a little bit disconnected yes. from the whole process. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's what really spoke to him too was mm-hmm. like, you know, and you and him were such a great tag team. Hmm. Gets you in the feels, eh? You can just keep talking. Okay. <laughs> so are we going to need to pause for a minute and cry? No, just ask a different question and I'll be fine. Just, okay. Yeah, just move on. <laughs> Do you want to go right into it, though? So you yeah, were 36 sure. and yeah. 6, and you've got the midwives on board. They're deciding, yeah, it's okay for you to have your baby at home. Yeah, and so she came and checked me, and I can't remember where I was, but it was still early. I want to say I was like two to three centimeters or something like that, which was kind of a bit of a surprise. I thought that maybe I was going to be further along than that, but I was fine with it taking a bit longer because I was still fairly comfortable. The only thing that I felt really bad about is, okay, so you were gone all morning, mm-hmm. and but then we called you to come, and you came, but then you're like, oh, I have to go home. Maybe I'll go home and have dinner, and then... Bill's parents came. Oh, yeah. And then you guys ended up, like, chatting for a little bit because Bill's parents were going to take the girls mm-hmm. with them. And then you just ended up staying. So you ended up being here for a really, really long time. And I felt kind of bad for calling you over so early. Cause it's still like really long. How long were you here? No, I wasn't here forever. Like, I, w- I want to say yeah, I was... like, three. Yeah, and then I was gone mm-hmm. by the next morning. Yeah. Wow. Like, I feel like... You... 14 hours. Yeah. Um... I remember sitting, yeah, at the table with them and you were kind of, I could see that you were progressing and I especially remember in the living room, it was just like we were having a big hangout with his parents here and I could tell you were like, oh, I need them to leave. (laughs) You just wanted to like get into your rhythm and you were already needing, like I was already doing a bit of like counter pressure on your lower back, a bit of hip squeeze, just kind of like being with you yeah, and it was getting like a bit much. I think also the other part that made it difficult to kind of like figure out where I was is so the midwife's advice was, okay, you're definitely in the early stages of labor, get some rest, have a glass of wine and a gravel mm-hmm. and go take a nap. Oh, and it didn't even touch you? Nothing. And so like, so then I couldn't sleep, but then I was also feeling a little bit drowsy and dopey because I just mm. drank a glass of wine and had a yeah. Uh-huh. So like yeah. gravel knocks me out of the best of days. Yeah. And so again, like this is kind of going into day three. So like hadn't mm-hmm. slept really well in the last couple yeah. nights before. So that kind of made me feel like I either want to sleep or go. Mm. Yeah. I do remember this conversation with you. So then we we're like, all right, let's see let's what go, go means. Yeah. And we did some stairs. Yeah. I remember the one part of the conversation. So we were upstairs in my bedroom. Bill was downstairs, like finishing up getting the kids out of the house and finishing up dinner with his parents and getting them out. And you and I were chatting and you had kind of said to me, you'll know when things shift a little bit because you won't remember, like between surges, you won't remember what we were talking about when when it started. Mm. And so like there was one point where I I was like, okay, okay, we'll just, so like I would have a, 
a contraction or a surge or whatever and just kind of like breathe through it. And then there's other like, I don't even remember what we were talking about. And you were like, hmm, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So I think we kind of, that's when we shifted to kind of stomping on the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it did either. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny when you see that happen and it it works so effectively at one birth and then you're like, yeah, guy, I'm going to keep that one in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. Then you try it the next time and you're like, that's garbage. Yeah, it didn't work at all. (laughs) And then we did um, sitting backwards on the toilet and I think that the baby just, Hudson wasn't in a great position for us to do that. And then I think Chris, this is like fast forward now to like nine o'clock and then you said something about nipple stimulation. (laughs) I forgot about this. This is the best thing ever. What did you do? <laughs> I went a little S and M on the nipple. Did you put like, on clamps? No. So not, she's not like, "What do you want me to use?" So, so I think I just came out of the bathroom with mm. like some brushes. Like, like I had like my bikini brush, oh, like yeah, the yeah, dry yeah, brush, yeah, yeah. like loofahs, yeah. like stiff loofahs. Yeah, and then I had like the the facial brush. And, like, I think I had a toothbrush even. And you were like, what? I just mean, like, manual stimulation. I'm like, oh. <laughs> She's got, like, a wider brush. I misunderstood. Like, <laughs> oh, we're not really stimulating. Well, you're just playing with them. We're not exfoliating them. No, we're not. <laughs> I just we're don't. not trying to slough them off. <laughs> so, um, you had gone into Maya's room to have a little bit of a nap. So, you went into... To just kind of lay down and see. Let's normalize doulas taking naps at birth. <laughs> just for a minute. <laughs> Moment of silence. Yeah. Sometimes we take a nap when we're, when we're at a birth. Yeah. And yeah. I was fully on board with that because I felt like that was maybe a good opportunity for Bill and I to like reset together. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you and Bill were such a great tag team, like tagging off with one another. Like we were listening to records. Yeah. And it so feels it was like, like enough. when the record needed to be flipped, that was when they kind of like nice. switched off. It was kind of cool. It feels like enough to have that person just in the house with you. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to sometimes just have a moment with your partner. Yeah. Even you not feel like you're being watched. And so. as the doula for us, for it feels like if you are loud enough, I'm mm. going to wake up from that sleep anyways totally. and know that it's time. So it's interesting that you should say that. So we had um, air mattress set up in the living room. And that's kind of where we were, because we were just kind of going like between the living room and the bathroom and back and forth. And um, you actually came out and said, the sounds are changing. Mm -hmm. Like you were, even though you were resting, you were still listening. Mm -hmm. And okay, so let's go back to the nipple stimulation, because that (laughs) didn't last very long. Like Bill was like, you know, rubbing Mm -hmm. my breasts and stimulating nipples or whatever. But then like, he's the worst at massages because he just like fell asleep with his hand on my breast. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky him. So I'm like, I'll just like pick up where you left off. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry you're so tired. <laughs> right. But I was falling asleep between contractions. Mm. So getting a little bit of like, I don't know, whatever, a minute and a half. Or, and it's amazing how you can fall asleep. Like mm-hmm. that, was, that was really cool. And then when you came out and said sounds are changing, and that's when we called the midwife. So that was probably like, I don't know, 10 or 11 o'clock. It was pretty late in the, in the evening before we called her to come. And I don't remember much of her actually being there. Like, that's how little intervention we had from her. Mm-hmm. She just set up her stuff, sat kind of quietly, did her checks, like mm-hmm. swooped in with the Doppler to mm-hmm. do heart rate checks. I mean, she hung out in the kitchen. Yeah, I don't even know where she was. Yeah, they were at like, the table, too. Yeah. yeah, I don't... 
remember, I remember when the second midwife came, because I think when Julie got there and checked me and was like, oh yeah, like it's go time, she called the second right away, because mm-hmm. I think she was there within an hour of Julie arriving. And when she walked in, I wasn't wearing pants. I was like, hi, I'm Sherry, I'm not wearing pants. And she's like, nice to meet you. And she just sat quietly at the table. And I'm like, I just, it was, I am most astounded at my ability to just focus. Because, like, other than you and Bill, it was like there was nobody else there. Like, I was just, and I, I can't imagine being that relaxed and focused in a setting that wasn't my home. Mm. do you know what I mean like I think you know not having to worry like you talked about scary beeping sounds Mm -hmm. like not having to worry about those not having to worry about like feeling like you are making too much noise or you're disturbing somebody else or you're being watched when you're Mm -hmm. in the hospital you feel like a guest Mm. both of you like it doesn't feel like your own you can't make yourself at home you can't everything you feel like you need to ask permission Mm -hmm. like you're intruding yeah it's really hard for people to take control of the bed I often tell people when they get there you know to play around with the beeping sounds turn them down play with the lights and really learn to use the bed and like dad get on the bed too yeah Yeah. but it's so hard you really have to push yourself to do that and I think home birth spins that whole paradigm on its head where it's like everyone else is asking you Mm. for permission Mm -hmm. they're in your home they're in your space so I think like you know if there's one huge takeaway for comparing like home births and and hospital births that is a big one where it's like the permission the consent I think when you walk into a hospital consent is implied whereas when Mm -hmm. you walk into someone's home you're not going to do all of those things without telling them what's going on, why you're doing it and Mm -hmm. asking if that's okay. So it's just like, yeah, it's a, it's a huge shift. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. And then, so I can't even remember when we started pushing, he was born at two 30. So like, Oh, I remember around one o'clock I was getting really tired. Cause I think at this point it had been like 12 full hours for me Mm -hmm. of like really relentless labor Mm -hmm. and, feeling a little bit tired and my water hadn't broke mm-hmm. yet and so in my past experience like with Olivia I had my water broke and within like 20 minutes I was pushing mm-hmm. so I kind of said like I'm just feeling so tired I wish that there was something I could do and I think like Julie was listening mm-hmm. off to the side mm-hmm. and heard me say that yes and then did. she kind of came in and asked like gave the option she did yeah and then I remember trying to like <laughs> push through my water. Do you remember this? Yeah. I was like, well, maybe I can just push it out. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm just yeah. like, break it myself. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking like, I didn't want the inter- intervention. Yeah. I remember getting really upset about that. Yeah. Um, and Bill kind of like, after I pushed and pushed and pushed, I'm like, this is not, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not an effective strategy. Bill was like, having the midwife break your water isn't quitting yes no. and so like yeah kind of like gave me permission to yeah. be like that's that's a, not an unreasonable thing to mm-hmm. do at this mm-hmm. point like you're so far into it you're so tired. exactly and getting your water broken at four centimeters as a method of induction is a completely different story than having your water broken at 10 centimeters yeah. to help yeah. you with some pushing yeah. yeah so just like we expected well and so there was a little bit of um kind of exam that had to happen before she could break the water. Do you remember she said that she could feel that hard yes. ridge in the membrane and she was just a little bit concerned that it was like a vessel or an artery mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. And then I 
just like, oh God, here we go again. Because yeah, I was thinking like she, right, but she like, was sure it wasn't. She did make that. She did say, I'm pretty sure this is not cord, but I just don't know what it is. Yeah. And so I think she waited for me to have another contraction mm-hmm. and she actually checked me while I was having yes. a contraction and asked me to bear down. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, it so would push down and she could really get a good hold on what it was. And she was like using her fingers like scissors yeah. almost to like yeah. get a, like put yeah. it between her fingers and put some tension on it so that she could feel what was going on and it was just like a hard ridge in the membrane so she said that she felt confident to break it so away we went and I'm like okay this is the point the transition right like this mm-hmm. is where I get to rest this is where I get like <laughs> oh, 10 no. or 15 minutes no. and it was like the next contraction was pushy and I'm like oh, here we are yeah and I remember do you remember this like so I was on my knees but like elbows on the sofa like on the bench of the sofa say. I had like a really strong contraction and strong urge to push and I was like I forget how to push Mm -hmm. and I think that I was just so scared Mm -hmm. that I was gonna like prolapse my everything like just Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and I think because I'd been sort of like educated in what can happen before I was so naive I had no idea and now I have knowledge Mm -hmm. that like what can happen Mm -hmm. if you just like push too hard Mm -hmm. and so I was like I don't know how to do it. I don't even remember what you said to me. I don't either. I think you kind of said like you like because I think I got a little bit wild, like a little bit. Out you of did. Control. You were you were up here. Yeah. I remember trying to bring you back into your body. That's what it was. You were like use that to like push your baby down. So like don't like not shut up, but like, <laughs> swallow your. Did I say swallow? Something? I think you said like use your scream mm, or oh, something yeah. like that, and I think. Said something too that was kind of, but again, like oh, did I say swallow your voice or use your use it to push something? Yeah, something to that Mm. effect. That was effective, like it worked. And I remember like all of the cues of like you know working that being down, like the anime stuff, just like you know think about being open, Mm -hmm. open above, open Mm -hmm. below, Mm -hmm. visualizing, yeah, those kinds of things. And like I so (laughs) Julie said reach down and you can feel your baby's head mm-hmm. so you feel like this spongy wrinkly like weird thing and I remember turning to Bill and go like oh, I can feel the baby do you want to feel it he's like no I'm good <laughs> <laughs> good and so he stayed yeah he stayed really topside but like same thing he was like oh so so supportive and just really loving in my ear yeah he was really great. Yeah, he was great. And surprised me because, like, he's never... This is his first child. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. never been through this before. He's never been through a labor before. So, like, just his calm was so surprising and comforting. Like, it yeah. was really good. And just his encouragement. And um, just, just, like, him in my ear. So nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so sweet. And so... He, yeah, he stayed topside. And so... Um, I remember like the next push, his head came all the way down. And I was so afraid of tearing that I pushed him back in. <laughs> I remember I'm seeing that. You're like, like this. Yeah, yeah, he's like, um, so I just pushed him back in. It's like, so what? You did what? So, I'm like, not ready. With both You're hands, like, nope. Like a basket yeah. over really? top of his head, yeah. just like pushed him back up to wait for the next contraction because he was pushing so hard against and it was like mm-hmm. that ring of fire and I'm like 
okay, if I keep, if he stays there with the next contraction, he's going to come rocketing out and I'm going to tear. So I just kind of like held his head there and back a little bit, like a little bit of resistance. And then like literally with the next contraction, his head, and then the next one, like, and these are quick. They were coming Mm -hmm. like really one on top of another. Like there was no time in between to like catch a breath and reset. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, three or four maybe strong pushes and Mm -hmm. he was out. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. And then like, I didn't see that he was a boy right away. I didn't, it it didn't matter. Like there was a, like a lapse in time. It felt like a really long time, but. You guys really wanted a boy too. Yeah, we did like three girls. And so like having a boy, like, oh, and I think, in my mind, I'd always pictured my child with Bill as being a boy. Yeah. And I can't explain it. But like when I had dreams about babies, it was always a boy. Mm-hmm. So he comes sliding out into my arms. And like, no one's saying whether, like, I don't know if you could see or if Bill could see. Again, like it was dark, dim mm-hmm. lights, quiet. Like, and birthed into like relative silence, mm-hmm. right? Like not into the bright lights and stuff. So he didn't cry. Mm-hmm. Um, so up into my arms, and then it occurred to me to check. So like I slid my hand between his legs and felt his scrotum. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a boy. Like just and just like the relief and I don't know, like elation that he's there and he's in our arms. Yeah. And the other thing that we didn't talk about is the like the infertility like oh yeah so we tried for two years for Hudson and we were actually signed up for IVF Mm -hmm. so like the the circumstance that he was conceived and born was just such a miracle you guys guys were like yeah you were it was the next month you were gonna go to the hospital and start your infertility yeah we were signed up for um our treatments in September and we got pregnant in June. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that we didn't try everything under the sun. Like I was doing... Oh, you were like, doing Lindsay naturopath. You were doing a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, I was doing the Chinese acupuncture lady mm-hmm. for twice a week. I mean, in the end, it was... Carbs uh, and take naps. Carbs and naps. <laughs> carbs and naps. I often tell people that story. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. hey, my friend, she tried. Yeah. After three kids, she tried for two years and then carbs and naps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think like... Just the whole circumstance of like conceiving him and then having this amazing home birth, it just felt like right. Mm. And so we kind of made our way. And I remember like cleaning up. Do you remember? Like, yes, I do. A roll of paper towel and I started cleaning I mean, can up. Can you like, stop? I don't know. Like, you just had a baby, you don't do the cleaning Were you up. Naked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just tidying, yeah. just gonna wipe a few things. Yeah. Like, are you stop it? So we kind of like transitioned to the air mattress, and then like I hadn't been able to eat, and you made me a grilled cheese, mm. and it was like the most life giving grilled cheese, <laughs> nourishing grilled cheese. I couldn't eat the dill pickle because I still had like crazy heartburn. heartburn. Um, but the grilled cheese was yeah, like heaven. It was <laughs> so good. It was so amazing. So it was just kind of nice, like. You and Julie and Jen just kind of like stayed in the kitchen and Bill and I just kind of like enjoyed that time with Hudson on the air mattress in the living room. 
You guys had a really long um, cord clamping, delayed cord clamping. It was 15 yeah. minutes. So I remember taking a picture of your cord at the end before um, it was clamped and cut, and it was just like fully white. Yeah, that was something that was really important to us to do too, is just to delay that and not rush that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember where I read it, but and I can't remember what the volume is anymore, but like how much of that baby's blood is returned to them if you just kind of let it sit and let it lie. Yeah, it's up to her. And so when I told Julie that I wanted to do that, she kind of said, you say that now, but you, you'll want to get it out. And so I think, yeah, I think it was like 15. She's like, I'll give you 20 minutes. And I remember taking like the full 20 minutes and we were, excuse me, completely undisturbed, like mm-hmm. just enjoying the baby. Mm-hmm skin to skin and I think Bill probably had bottoms on but like shirt off mm-hmm. I was completely naked was, mm-hmm. I did not care I was just like in my naked glory still like cord attached just you know holding snuggling the baby I remember one time Bill tried to like pull him up onto his chest a little bit higher I'm like whoa like, <laughs> still, he's like still, oh yeah sorry still <laughs> he's still little front wedgie there (laughs) but yeah like you said it was really interesting like to see the cord go from like like turgid like solid full of blood and then 20 minutes later soft and and completely white Mm -hmm. no blood left so like that all went back to Hudson Mm -hmm. which is amazing I remember when they asked you if you're ready to cut it and you were like oh is it finished pulsating and at one point they'd asked you earlier yeah and you're like no yeah, it's not finished. I just think I wasn't ready for them to, like, I, I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And so I could say no mm-hmm. and not feel like I had to, you know, really push to get what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we just yeah, sit here. And so the reason why Julie said that she would give me 20 minutes is she said if there's any hemorrhaging behind the placenta and you deliver it, and then we're kind of like trying to stop a floodgate mm. went. So she's like, I'll give you 20 minutes. I think I took full advantage. I think it was actually more like 40 by the time we actually got out. So like, and then when it came time to deliver the placenta, like I felt like pushing it out and she was really great. She did a whole tour of the placenta, like showed us baby side and showed us the, you know, pulled up the bag, like yeah. the, the membranes so that we could see like the bag of water. And so that was kind of cool. I felt like a bit like a monkey, just mm-hmm. like, you know, checking it out. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember her doing your um, uterus exam. Um, I do. Was yeah, it? she was a bit rough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And, but then I don't remember a whole lot afterwards. Like, I don't remember them cleaning up and leaving. I remember you kind of like, did you tuck us in? Did you kind of like take us upstairs? And yeah. I remember holding Hudson on the couch at one point. So was that, did Bill take you to the bathroom at that point? Oh, uh, did you get in the shower? Yeah, yes, you did. you came no, with me. No, that's right. Bill was with Hudson shower. and you came with me into the shower. And then I don't understand why they were so adamant that I not have a shower. I was like, I have Oh, they're worried about you passing out. Yeah. all over me. And you, yeah. you just yeah. got right in with me. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, I'm fine. Showered you Our down. shower has a bench. Like, yes. Yeah. We're yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so they just don't want you to pass out, I think. Yeah. I do remember the next day... Um, I don't know how to describe it other than like shudders, almost like shocks. Like my body was just like trembling. And I remember Julie came shortly afterwards. And I, I don't know, I didn't experience that with any of the others. She's like, yeah, that's just kind of like, 
The hormone adrenalines. Yeah. Some adrenaline yeah. aftershocks, kind yeah. of. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting, like the next morning. I think we kind of stayed awake. Bill's parents brought the kids back before school in the morning because it was a Monday morning. And it was interesting to see each of their reactions. Mm-hmm. Olivia was super excited to see him. We had put a um, baby brother onesie on him because, again, we didn't yeah. know what we were having. So we had them all swaddled up with a, a baby brother onesie. So she got to unwrap wow. him. Yeah. And Maya was just like, I know, I knew it. And Hannah actually, it's funny because, I mean, you guys saw Hannah and Hudson yeah. earlier. Like, they are two peas in a pod. Totally. Like, so close. But Hannah had a really hard time with it at first and, you know, probably didn't hold him for about three days. Mm -hmm. Was very, like, almost hostile. Like, things were really good. Why are you doing this? Why are you bringing this other person? She took it really personally that we had a baby. She's like, Mm -hmm. why are you doing this to me? So, like, and then the poor kid had, like, feelings about her feelings. She felt guilty for not being happy. Like, yeah. Oh, teenage brains. Yeah. Man, I mean, I still have a teenage brain for that. I still have a hard time feeling my feelings. Yeah. feeling Having feelings about my feelings. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So how are they with baby number five? I, and honestly, I, I was afraid to tell them. Mm-hmm. Based on the way that they had responded to us telling them about Hudson, I was nervous. Like, mm-hmm. we waited until after Christmas to tell them because I didn't want to ruin Christmas. <laughs> like, but they were great. Like, yeah. they were... I wouldn't say that they were excited. That's probably a little bit of an exaggeration mm-hmm. to say that they're excited. But like, yeah. It, but within the context of it being another friend or being a friend for Hudson and when they leave home, yeah. that made a lot of sense. They know that. what it's like to have siblings. That yeah. really connected with them when I, when we said it to them that way. Like yeah. we, um, you know, when you guys are gone mm-hmm. because there's such a massive age difference, mm-hmm. Hudson's not going to have anybody. Yeah. And... Yeah, so that was something that they really connected with. I will say this baby was a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't trying, but we weren't being careful either. Because yeah. I think we just kind of threw caution to the wind. Well, it took we you like, two years to have Hudson, so... We didn't think it was possible. Yeah. So we... So I, if you guys recall my romantic weekend that I took mm-hmm. myself on to, yeah, apparently that translated to fertility on oh, the Sunday because that was the weekend when it happened. Self-care connected to fertility. Mm. Not saying, yeah. but I'm just saying. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Loving on myself all weekend and pregnant yeah. on Sunday. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Um, so your birth photos, I think, are incredibly sexy. Yeah. Did you feel sexy during your birth? I did. And it was so, okay, part of, like, my hair was all done because we had done yeah. maternity family. Like, like, I highly suggest that before. to everyone because your, your photos hair. are hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, like, my whole pregnancy with Hudson, I felt pretty sexy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt really good physically, like, so proud of my body. Mm-hmm. Like, what it was able to achieve. Yeah. You're just an emotional one today. I, I love it about you. Um, I love how you wear all your feelings. Yeah, there's no question about how I'm feeling. It's all right on front street. Um, it's right here in my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, oxytocin is a hell of a drug. Mm-hmm. Like, you even said when you were leaving, you're like, I don't ever have to go to another birth. Like, no, that was you were filled up, like, filled to the brim. Um, yeah, and it just felt like, I don't know, I was really in my body, like, when I was going through contractions, like, swaying and, um, like, really using my voice. 
I don't know. Like it just, yeah, it just felt super sexy and mm-hmm. you know, Bill was amazing and supportive and loving and I think that like when you're when you're feeling that love and support from your partner, like he's not scared, he's all in. Like it just it helps you kind of relax into it and just really get into like the power of what it takes to birth a baby. Um, so Sarah was your doula mm-hmm. and Sarah is also your friend. Yeah. This is something we talk about often as a business. Like, what is it like supporting your friends when they hire you? Yeah. So what was it like for you? So from a business perspective, it was important for me to pay Sarah for her time. Mm-hmm. Like I value your time so much. So it was important to, to Bill and I to make sure that you were properly compensated for that. So like you did, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the payment. Yeah. I remember I like, said to you, like, I remember you're really, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm having a really hard time, like coming up with a price point for you guys. And yeah. you were like, uh, why? We're paying the full amount. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then that was the last time we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> we did the prenatal class. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, like I, I don't know that it, I would have felt as comfortable and confident if our friendship wasn't a part of that whole process. Mm-hmm. Because I think like it makes it easier to really melt into somebody when you feel that confident and comfortable and safe with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Like there were times where you were doing hip squeezes and and you know whatever during contractions. And to my body it there wasn't a difference between your hands and Bill's hands. Like, and I don't want that to come across, you know, in a, in a sexual way, yeah. but just like in a, in an intimacy way. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Like in an intimate way where you're like, this person knows my body. And so I think like our, our friendship was maybe a bit of an advantage. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a picture of me sitting on the ottoman and you're, I'm kind of just holding you. <laughs> yeah. And I remember a couple of people saying like, oh my goodness, that moment, like there's so much love in it. It's so beautiful. And yeah, there's times I think when you're at a birth with someone you don't know as well. Yeah. And maybe that, you know. It's hard to get to there. Yeah. Or you can just yeah. hold them and stroke their face and stroke their hair. Yeah. And it's not weird for them because they're in labor. It's mm-hmm. maybe weird for the partner watching and being like, who is this person? Yeah. Love it on my wife. But yeah, it definitely makes that easier from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my last question mm-hmm. is. Um, you have three older daughters. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for them if they choose to become mothers? Yeah. So Maya is the only one that says that she wants to have kids. Okay. Well, She's... that'll make your grandparent life easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, obviously the other two that could who knows? change, who knows? Um, I don't know what advice I would give them. Cause I think I don't, I hesitate to give advice because I think like you have to know what station in life someone is in before you can offer any kind of mm-hmm. advice. So who knows where the girls are going to be when they decide or what Hudson's going to be when he, they decide that they want to have children. Mm-hmm. I think like just um, trust your body. Mm-hmm. Like trust that your body knows what to do. Because yeah. I think we've been sold this idea that we need intervention. That we need help to bring babies into the world and I think if we start to trust what our bodies are capable of um, and I think the 
that there's a lot of fear associated with the messaging. Hundred percent. I mean, a lot of our job is is helping people unlearn what they think they. Yeah. And it starts so young. I mean, it starts as soon as you get your period and you have acne or you're emotional and they're giving you birth control to mm-hmm. even you out. Like mm-hmm. you already need help. Yeah, because you're already broken. Yeah. 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 So I think just kind of like, yeah, trusting that your body knows what to do and obviously vocalize your fears, but understand that they'll sort themselves out, they'll resolve. I do feel like people who typically have the path of infertility have a harder time with trusting their body. Yes. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's easy to get swept up into the medical model. I'm thankful that we conceived on our own because I think if we had gone through IVF... They, fun- they funnel you right into an OB. Yeah. It's a hard step out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think our, um, our outcome would have been a lot different had we conceived via IVF mm. as opposed to natural conception. So I'm thankful for that. Um, I was never bought into that model, though. Like I was never, and I think that was part of what made our infertility so frustrating is because I wasn't bought into that. I was still trying to kind of approach it from a holistic sort of more natural point of view. I was never keen on taking any of the drugs. I never did take, we did three rounds of IUI. I think I did the uh, Ovidril, the belly one. I did it wrong the first time. That's the one to make you release more eggs? Yeah. Mm Um, yeah, I just, I, not being bought into it, I think made things a little bit easier to opt out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And just accept care from, you know, a more supportive role as opposed to an interventionist role, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is that all the questions you have? That's all the questions I've prepared, yeah. Nice. Do we want want to talk about the plan for number five? (laughs) I don't know if we have enough time to talk about that. That's another podcast. (laughs) That's another podcast in itself. We'll do a podcast a year from now and we'll talk about baby fives. Yes, Birthing under the stars. Yes. (laughs) It's going to be the bougie birth. I'm so excited. I did have someone say to me, they're like, well, it's not like I want to have a birth outside in a tub under the moon. I'm like, don't worry. I already got that one covered. Yeah, that one is booked. (laughs) (laughs) So far, Tudul is attending. Who knows? Maybe it'll be fine. (laughs) Laura's going to come just for fun and take pictures. Totally, I am. I'm going to be a videographer. If you hire a different photographer, then we'll just... Basically, it's going to be like Femme Power and Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Be and un- Uncle Hudson. I can't wait till Hudson's an uncle. And then <laughs> we're like, Uncle Hudson. Uncle. He's gonna be a brother. Yeah. No, but I mean, oh, when we're brother. talking about your yeah. girls like having kids. Oh, right. And then one day he'll, he'll be, be like, he'll be like, Uncle yeah, Uncle Hudson's in their teens are the best. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna have a great time. <laughs> oh, this is great. Thank you for doing this with us. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, Sherry. Do you want to shout out your business? Yeah, so I am the owner of CrossFit Strathroy. Mm-hmm. And I can't really say. Oh, okay. So Hi, thanks. We said something that apparently made the lady in the tube. The lady in the tube is not pleased. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm owner and head coach at CrossFit Strathrite. We also have a hot yoga studio that is just a play studio right now because we can't have it open. And also is where we're recording this yes, podcast, yes. which is amazing. We're all a little bit sweaty and rosy, yeah. and it's feeling good it to be good. warm in this super cold winter. Yeah. yeah. Good. 
We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.